0: Okay, well today we're going to, well this morning we're looking at part three of building the future together, so parts one and two last week, uh, grand finale this evening, uh, part four, and uh, uh, I'll give you a little glimpse of what's going to happen this evening um, towards the end of this meeting, Um, and I really honestly believe that God's going to turn up uh, in quite an awesome way this evening, um, and anoint us into our future um, with his pleasure and joy. And uh, so that's where I'm headed. Um, it's not an event that you'll miss. Um, obviously, great if you can be there, but it's, it's, we're in a momentum of what God is doing, and, and God is taking us on an extraordinary journey into our future. Um, and uh, we get the privilege of building, and that's what we've been looking at, looking at the books of Ezra, Nehemiah in particular, of actually the story of how you build, and the is how they built the city walls, um, The recap is that that, uh, we did a little review of our life uh, last week, Um, just to make a little challenge. Are you still following Jesus? That's always a good question. Keep following Jesus, Um, keep building, keep moving on, don't settle, and that foundations continue to be important. And the other side of things, last Sunday evening I was was preaching about how important it is that, that people build together alongside one another. That's a beautiful picture in Nehemiah and um, just we'll come back to that but just there was a, sections of the wall where it says they were built by specific people and there was one section that was built by the goldsmiths and then there was another section right next to it that was built by the perfume makers now you know I, I, my imagination starts to run right when you think of what those two sections of wall would look like um, and, and the picture I've got of, of when we build alongside one another is not of, of uniformity but of creativity and I don't know how you imagine that, that wall, the final outcome of that wall. But I reckon the goldsmiths would have been slightly tidier and more intricate than some of the other parts of the wall. You know, more decorative in some way. I'm sure they would have introduced that somehow into the handiwork. I don't think they would have just slapped the mortar and the bricks together. Now, which would have done the job? Then the perfume makers, I wonder whether they made, you know, how they made it a bit perfumey. You know, I'm not quite sure how they do that, but I'm sure they, they thought about it because people build things in different ways, but what the point of the picture is that, that we're building a, a, a complete thing. Um, and again, the picture is that how, how good is a city wall if one section isn't complete? Just ask yourself that question, Is it's not very useful. <laughs> and the story we're going to look at, particularly this morning in Nehemiah 4, is where the enemy is looking for the weak spots. And, and when we're building something significant, you will always have enemies. It's a spiritual enemy. It's not Our, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers. It can sometimes look like flesh and blood, but the root behind it is always that there's a, we have an enemy. He's called Satan. He's got an army who are called demons. And as I said last week, thankfully, they are in limited supply, demons. No more of them being made. Their workload continues to increase as the world population goes up. As the world population has increased by about seven times in the last 120 to 150 years, the demons workload is getting increasingly difficult which I rejoice in. But it's silly to be unaware, and one of the things I looked at last Sunday evening was the principles and some of the tactics that the enemy uses, particularly in, the, in, um, in chapter four of the book of Ezra, and uh, the things that we saw there was that um, the, he, the tactics that the, the enemy used was uh, fear, discouragement, frustration, and accusation. And again, if you want to know more about that, if you listen to the recording, I just... Talked about how we overcome such things. Um, discouragement is, 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 not a, uh, is a spiritual attack upon us. Um, and the, the way you overcome that is encouragement. Um, but I won't go over the same that I did last Sunday, even. So. Um, so, and then we've got to the idea that, that actually, when Ezra, Ezra's story is the a, is a rebuilding of the temple, and they completed that, and then you fast forward 70 years to Nehemiah. And what is left is, effectively, you've got a city in ruins. You've still got the temple complete um, and, and, and active, but around it is, is a city wall that is in, in devastated. So, so although they, they, they completed one part of the work of God, they didn't carry on to do the rest, and they, they got stuck for 70 years. And that's important to just register that. 70 years they were stuck, and then one man is stirred by God, and he decides he's going to do something about it. That's leadership. Say, well, this is not good enough. We're not certain. We're going to do something about this. And all through the Bible, you see people who say, this isn't good enough. We're going to do something about this. And, and I feel, you know, that's uh, another word for us as Eastgate, as a church. We're not just looking at ourselves as how, how successful are we as Eastgate a church, but actually we look at the world around us and you say, actually, you know what? This isn't good enough. Now that's, that's the heart of what I'm doing, uh, with a whole crowd of other people now with Heaven in Healthcare saying, it, it, it's not good enough now because the, 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 NHS is so stretched beyond its limits that, that it needs help. It's, it, it's not a judgment against it. It's just saying, let's, 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 let's pour our energy and resources into that. Education, you know, schools, other, other side things. There's the whole of society, um, that we need to have a look at the world around us, but we need to build, <laughs> A secure city where we can actually steward the resources that god has given to us so that we can then then um use them to bless the world does that make sense if you've not got the secure city then you 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 can't hold on you won't have the resources to change the world that's what i'm looking at so 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 how that's how that how the walls are built are really important and and So alongside one another, the walls were built in sections bit by bit and and say that there are names written there against that that work that I don't think will appear anywhere else in in history. You won't find them, I don't think, in, in history books, but they're in God's book. Why? Because God has an eye on every one of us and every one of us has works prepared in advance for us to do. And and I think, you know, when it talks about God's book of life, the book of life, I don't just think there's a name written. I think God's got your name written there with exploits ready for you. You know, what what will you step into next? What's the next bit of life gonna look like? And and it should always be moving on and increasing. Um but it's never never done uh in isolation, it's done with with um Alongside other Christians, which is the church is the community of God's people, and ultimately that's what God is is uh, going to come back and return for His bride, His His beautiful church. Um, so uh, that new song I, I heard that for the first time been in um, Harrogate this year. It's, it's a great song. But I, no, I started to sing it. This is how we fight our battles. Do you know, because actually sometimes you can sing songs like that and you think, oh yeah, this oh, is just my battles. And it takes you a bit inward. And my, I've got, oh, I've got my battles in life. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, this is how I fight my battles. No, 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 this is how we fight our battles. It's true, it's true as an I, but it's, it's, it's a bigger truth, Is a we. And, and I would suggest to you that, that, that you're not meant to fight your battles alone. And and once once the devil has you isolated, that is probably one of the biggest tactics that, that the enemy has, is if it can get you into an I rather than a we. Once it's I rather than we, you are vulnerable. Because that disconnects you from other parts of the wall. Make sense to you? And you're not meant to be disconnected. We're meant to be building this wall together. And And again, if you build a section of wall but it's not connected to the other sections of wall, it's actually useless. You know, it's, it's, you go, wow, look at this. I've got a fantastic section of the wall. Yeah, it's brilliant, but it's not connected, you really. think. It just doesn't work. You see, this, this is a fantastic picture. You get hold of this. So, and God has given you a section to be involved in. And we looked at, um, back earlier this year. I think it was earlier this year. I, I preached about metrons, God giving us our spheres that, that he wants us to, to, to be in charge of. Um, and, uh, and what you see is that, that in chapter 4, the, the, you hear the story of how the, the, these people who were building the wall had to learn to be fighters as well as builders because the enemy was trying to take them down. So so it, it's interesting. If you go um, Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 15, it says that when our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to, the, to our own work. So, so what happened was that the enemy... Saw what was going on and decided, gonna take them down. But they frustrated it because they worked together and I'll show you some of that. But then, then it goes on. This is what happened from then. From that day on, half of my men did the work, the building, while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. Why, why did the officers post themselves behind? They're just as equipped. any ideas? I don't be read these things in. So they could see. The bigger picture. Le- leaders, leaders need to be able to see the bigger picture of what's going on. Sometimes, so sometimes just stepping back and seeing the bigger picture, then you know, and you know what you've got to do with your forces, which we'll come up up to uh, on with a little bit uh, later on. So the people building, those who carried materials. Listen to this: those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. <laughs> but the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. We'll come on to that in a minute. Uh, so, what you've got is, 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 is a fascinating picture where they were aware that they were not going to stop building. But they also were aware that there was an enemy who was going to try and disrupt. And they, they had that dual responsibility of building and protection. And one of the things I, I often tell people who are new or visiting to or trying to learn, we get a lot of churches trying to learn from our experiences. I said... Um, this is a very carefully built environment. It, it, a lot of effort has gone into building this environment. And if you, you know what happens, if you if you can get the walls complete and well protected, you then have a safe environment where people are free to start exploring the life that they've been given. But if you haven't got a safe environment, everybody's on, not, they're not safe to, to explore the light, fullness of life. They're, they're so preoccupied. With problems and defensively attacks that, that the rest of life can't carry on. So, I, I know some of this from my, my parents' upbringing. My parents were brought up in the Second World War. The whole of the nation was, was, was basically called into something which had to protect itself. My mum said it was one of the most amazing times of her life because everybody was, was on this common mission together. But it wasn't, the, the end wasn't, you know, winning the war, the end was actually it was a battle for freedom, wasn't it? It was a battle against Turing. What you then do with that freedom, what, what, what subsequent generations have, have built with a society, that free society that has been given to the next generations is, is important. You know, so what, what have subsequent generations built with the freedom that they've been given is, is an interesting question. It's a sociological question. But, but remember that there were those who fought for it. Um, so... So what I want to say is is there are certain things that that I would suggest we have corporate responsibility um, in the church, and uh, that we all have responsibility for building the wall and guarding it um, and and protecting it, because this is our environment. So, And again, this is something I teach other church leaders. Um, For me, this is the best church in the world, because it's my church. And that should be. But if somebody's in another church, their church should be the best in the world for them. That's how that's how you should regard your church. And you're going to work, whatever context you're in, you will work to make it the best it can possibly be, in a and enjoy it. And when people come and complain about the churches they're in, which isn't an uncommon, so I said, I get you get, you get to choose. You choose which church you're part of. What's interesting is when when church leaders come and talk to me about their churches and complain. I said, "And who built the church? You're leading." <laughs> now, sometimes if they inherit a church, that's where where people go in and get more parachuted in, which doesn't always work very well. Well, doesn't usually work very well. It's a different deal. But but um, what what? Just I want you to think about this. Just just for a couple of seconds, just think. What what are the corporate realities of our war that, that need to be in place that we all do together and it's not just on a once off on a regular basis just think well what what is it what are my responsibilities for this place that will effectively protect and guard it and build it what is it that we what are the common activities that we have that, 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 that all of us have an involvement in well I'll put number one worship You cannot create corporate worship in an individual environment, even if it's watching iBethel TV or eScape TV or whatever. You just you know, I can enjoy it, but you cannot get the corporate experience of worship outside of the corporate experience of worship. That's why it's important to gather together to worship. here, and and the Bible warns of people that don't. Don't neglect meeting together, he says, as is the habit of some. And it's easy, and particularly in this day and age, I think that, you know, that, that, when we do our statistics, some, I, somebody was asking me this week, you know, how many people come to your church? I said, well, it depends what, what you're talking about. And, do you mean on a Sunday? Um, you know, what, and broadly speaking, most of us now would say that probably about two-thirds of the congregation of the church would be here on any given Sunday. And then there are reasons for that, but there's, there's almost a drift towards, do I need to be there? Do I want to be there? No? <laughs> no, he's not. we have to be careful we don't get into consumer mentality of I'll go to church yeah, because I want to no, no, no you've got a responsibility to worship Got number one we've got but also to other people to be alongside them to build something together it's not I don't think it's (laughs) it is a choice but it's a massive responsibility that we have to worship together it's our number one privilege is to enjoy him together and serving one another. Worship is not just singing, is it? it's actually it's, it's our acts of service. So actually how we uh, serve uh, our family, this church family, how we serve our visitors, um, which has so many different dynamics to it, doesn't it? Just on a Sunday, it's not just on a Sunday, but, you know, and uh, last week I was just talking about actually we have a continual need for, for you know, to re- renew and update and grow our children's work in particular because, Steph Cox, who leads that, is she, dead? No, dead. she does a phenomenal job, that lady. Right? Anybody who appreciates Steph? You think, she just, whew, what? You know, she, she, her volunteer team is a hundred people. And I tell church leaders that, and say, some go, I'm speaking to my church. I say, yeah, I know. <laughs> and what she delivers, but she doesn't just deliver, she, she's, phenomenal, she really is. But she said last week she's really pleased because she had six, uh, People volunteer, but she said, but within the same week, she had two people step out because they're actually moving to another part of the country. Well, if you've got 100 people, you will have a turnaround. It's just that it's going to be. So so you can't say, oh, well, Steph's got our 100. No, actually, we we need to be, and I would suggest we need to build that to 120 or more, so you've got not just living at the edge, but actually, we'd go, wouldn't well, that be good? Helen's going, amen. I think It's just the sense of, I would suggest looking after our children and our youth, and that is a corporate responsibility. Finances are a corporate responsibility. They are, just if we don't get that right, then actually we don't really have the safe environment for dreaming because we're actually looking over our shoulder at the bills to pay. You know, if you have that at home, when you're not got enough money, you haven't got free. To, you're not free to dream. You just actually we're trying to make the world mate. well. That is a corporate responsibility of of making sure that we create an environment that is safe for dreams, not just managing to pay the bills. Okay? So, one thing I do when I review life, I review my giving. Well, Kim and I, we we review our giving. We do it, you know, make sure. Because, you know, it's it's so easy to let that go at a level. You know, you might have been tithing ten years ago, but if you've not reviewed it, you're probably not tithing now. Yeah, you get that? and It's it's very straightforward. <laughs> oh yeah, I tithe. No, you probably did tithe. Are oh, you still tithing? I chatted with Miriam about this. This is interesting, Miriam Ray, who does a brilliant job around here. She said one of the most difficult jobs she's ever seen in Jewish life is getting people to review their standing orders. Why? Because we just let them go, don't we? And we're giving. And I, I love it. We are giving. It, but it's that sense of no, actually. I, that's. A, I pay attention to that. Am I still building that? Is it growing, or is it just stagnating? Um, connecting with one another. The, the Bible's got a lot of one anothering in it. Encourage one another. Monish one another. Duh, duh, duh. But that's the together. That's that's connecting. So so we don't we don't give you connect group just because we think that's a nice idea. We need to give you keep you busy in the middle of the week. Know, give them something to keep them off the streets, you know, and make them feel like they... Belong. This is, that's what, the point of connection groups are that you connect. What happens if you don't connect? We don't have a wall. You know, they're not just so "We oh, look look at this amazing program of activities that he's got. Aren't we wonderful? Well, they're not wonderful unless actually people are connecting. What I'm really pleased about is actually the, the, number, the level of interest that's going on in connect groups. It's fantastic. I think I'll talking to the ones about... God, have they got questions? They had a fantastic first week, I think. Last week, I think they're up and running. Are they up and running? It's on this week. Anyway, they've got we're going on. 20-odd 20, 20 people signed up for them more. 30 people now for that. Alpha started last week. 18, 18 guests. Fantastic, isn't it? Other things going yeah, There's all sorts of stuff going on. You know, It's just brilliant. So, that connecting. And then, I would say we have a a, a corporate responsibility for welcoming people and a corporate responsibility (coughs) for resisting evil and contamination. Is that right? That's part of of what we need to do together, is we need to actually think about all those things. So have a review of life and and look at that. Then this this other interesting thing, I don't know if you noticed it, it says that that, that Nehemiah kept the, the guy with the trumpet close to him. Now, why is that important? Um, Did you spot that in there? Um, But the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. It's at the end of verse 18. And basically, this is what happened was that that if any area, any section of the wall was in particular danger from enemy attack, uh, now Nehemiah, obviously, this was where he was overseeing things. This is brilliant picture of oversight, he said he'd be going around looking and he'd have the guy with the trumpet with him, so he would be patrolling the walls. And then if they saw an area that was under specific, at specific risk, the guy would blow the trumpet and everybody from all the other sections would come and run to that place and they'd protect it together. That's the picture. That, that willingness to rush to a place where everybody's effort is needed at the same time once they'd done that, they'd all go back to building their sections of the wall. Now, what is important <laughs> is is that, that <laughs> you don't let everybody have a trumpet, because those trumpets would be going off on a very regular basis. <laughs> <place. Ha! laughs> need some help over here. You've not got enough people to make the tea. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that. The wrong way. I think you do a great job, but, but you know, sometimes you think. Ah, well, actually, is that is that a crisis we all have to respond to? It might be, you know, no team, bad idea. Um, or can be be little bits, but actually say, we all have concerns about our area of what we're building, yes? Understand? And, and rightly so. But the people who oversee the whole will work out whether that warrants everybody running to you. Or whether we just need to give you a bit more. Do you know is, 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 that's, that's what leadership is really about, is actually... Marshalling the resources that are available, and so we i would say—we um, are really careful not to blow the trumpet too often, because if we blow the trumpet too often, you'll ignore it. It's like crying wolf. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so it's like—it's like. It's like it's one of the reasons that we guard the notices and stuff on the Sunday morning, because, you know, it, it, <coughs> there are lots of appeals for help and stuff like that, but actually we we, we try and make sure that that is actually information being given without, the, uh, uh, there's no sense of coercion in it. You know, we're, we're trying to inform you what's out there, but, but what we would like you to do, and sometimes we might have to press it, saying this is a trumpet, we, we, when we blow the trumpet, we really do mean, can we have your attention, please? as directors of the church does that make, make sense? So, so when we say right we've got to do this together so I'm, I'm saying like children's work we've got to, got to, we've got to fix that together otherwise that bit of the wall is not going to look strong and, and if we don't look after our children and youth I'm, you know, we, we're not really doing the job we should be doing <laughs> we don't, get, don't pay our mortgage we've all got a mortgage together did you know you've got a mortgage of over a million pounds? fortunately you share it with a lot of people <laughs> But well, how would you feel if you weren't sharing it with a lot of people? Would you feel daunted? We have, a, millage, we have a, a, a mortgage of about 1.3 million pounds, just about to go up to probably about one and a half, isn't it? something there? Now, seriously, you think, how would you feel if four of you were responsible for that? Five of you, maybe. Make it five. That's the trustees. There's five of them. Do you want them to carry that sense of responsibility alone? Do you want to share that out between the 900 of us? Well, that feels a whole lot lighter. This is at least, I'm being very practical. This is how you build something together. <coughs> and in a large church, it's easy, easy to presume somebody else is going to pick it up. Well, they might, but that section of the wall will probably be at risk. So how we build together, how we use the trumpet is, is really important. How long did I say they delayed? How long was the delay between finishing the temple and starting to rebuild the wall? Seventy years. Now, has anybody done your homework this week of reading through Nehemiah? Not that I told you to do it. i just interested. Anybody got it? I asked Dave. I'd asked Dave this question, so he got it wrong. So you're in good company, right? So, (laughs) so feel relaxed. So Dave Webster got it wrong. I asked Dennis. I asked Dennis this week. He got it wrong as well. Dennis got it. So, so so. So, how how long did it take them? to rebuild the walls when they set about doing it together in earnest, protect How long did it take? Anybody got it? Three? 56? Any answer on 56 days? You're really close. The answer is 52 days. 52 days to complete something that had been waiting 70 years. How did that happen? They did it together. How long would it have taken a few people to build that wall? Yes. Many, many, many years. What can we do with the resources that we have together? This is a large church. And with a large church comes a large responsibility of which you are part. What can we build together in the next, hey, between now and Christmas? Well, one of the things I'm known building is building heavenly healthcare. That's one of my dreams. Because one of the things that, that building a safe place... Does releases jet dreams. Now, that's what I'm going to be talking about tonight. <coughs> that and the joy of the Lord is our strength, which is in Nehemiah. So, so tonight's going to be joy and dreams. And I feel that God's going to come with his pleasure upon us tonight in an awesome way. Um, so that's where I'm going. But just want to say that actually, how would you, how, how, how do you feel about being in a place that is so safe and secure because you're a part of it? You've helped to build it and you helped to protect it. That dreams can be released that will change the world. Dreams for education. I keep, I'm still dreaming of that that primary school there. You know, we've had some some encouraging noises even within the the last week. Just keep praying for it. It's really important. It's a spiritual battle. I tell you, that is a spiritual battle beyond battles. When we say pray for that, that's a trumpet call. I would say that, Hope School, I'm just putting it out there. We say, keep praying for that one keep thinking about it dreaming for it that is a massive massive part of our battle to get that established and when you're trying to take ground always a battle just pray about the annex and how that all gets completed you know because there are you know there are always issues that come up in building projects just don't, don't say oh it's just getting built take responsibility pray for, pray for the annex pray for that you know th- these are, this is one of our weapons isn't it can you all do that you'll pray And what we, we don't generally gather massive congregational prayer meetings because we'll trust you to pray. But when we ask you to pray, please, please, please do it. Does that make sense? Take responsibility for it. Okay. 52 days. Is that not amazing? 52 days. Quah. Here's a quote from a guy called John Adams. John Adams was the first Vice President of the United States. And the second president. Okay. So he, he was, you get that? So he, he was the vice president and then he became the president. This is what he said. And then, Akin, can we get the video ready? So, he said, I must study politics and war that my sons may have liberty to study mathematics and philosophy. So this is the foundation of the United States of America. He's building a nation here, okay. My sons ought to study mathematics and philosophy, geography, natural history naval architecture, navigation, commerce and agriculture, in order to give their children a right to study painting, poetry, music, architecture, statuary, tapestry and porcelain. What he's saying there is is that that I'm going to do something that's going to establish something so the next generation can do the next bit. And ultimately we will create a place where dreams, and there is an American dream remember but that's, that's what we need to correct our environment. So Going to help to build the dream factory. That's sometimes how we refer to Euskadi. All sorts of dreams that have come true over the years. Dave and I sometimes say, we sometimes how we greet ourselves, each other, living the dream. And there are more dreams to come. There's a generation of dreamers that we're raising. My grandchildren are part of that. So why don't we build something together that will change the world, eh? So I want to ask you if you'll build it, protect it, take responsibility for it. Because together, I believe God's calling us to do something quite extraordinary. And I know it's we're right on the brink of something. It's great. 30, 40 years, however long we've been doing this, it's been amazing. The next decade, I think, will be beyond extraordinary. So I'd like you to stand and we're just, I'd like just, let's, let's, will you alongside me, let's choose to build something amazing together. And it, there are many other things, but this is us right now. This is us, Eastgate. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for our history. We thank you for all that's been done, but we now look forward and we pray for the release of dreams. We pray that we would create and protect an environment where generation after generation can build upon what has already been achieved. Amen.